So, uh, three, two, one. <laughs> what, what are we doing now? We're, we're welcoming everyone to the podcast. We have to start with this, remember? Right. Okay. Yeah. And. Woo. Mm. Hey there, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Hops and Elbow Drops. I haven't it, said that in a while. Yeah, I know. It's uh, Sean over Ooh. here in the UK, Scotland to be exact. Scotland. Scotland. I'm not going to do the accent because I feel like I'm going to embarrass myself and embarrass Speaking all the people of Scotland, there. I watched the 1990s Robin Hood the other day. <laughs> and at the literally, I mean, at the very end of the movie, with legitimately 45 seconds left. Um, Richard the Lionheart just shows up, played by Sean Connery, to uh, <laughs> give away. Uh, What's the lady's name? Maid Marilyn, because yeah. apparently he's her uncle or some shit to, oh, wow. to be married to Robin Hood. Wow. That's also in the cool. 90s, apparently people thought Kevin Costner was handsome, which is pretty buck wild. It is buck wild. Yeah. Dude, I just, um, I just, hey, it's Alex, your um, sort of wrestling expert. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the beer guy. Um, sort of. I'm getting my education. <laughs> um, you sure are, yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm over here, and that's why we're going to be recording the podcast from afar, and hopefully the sound works for everyone. By the way, I just yeah. poured this this beer from Evil Twin Brewing. Um, they're based actually in Connecticut, but I'm pretty sure they have a Swedish connection. Or not Swedish, Norwegian. Anyways, um, this beer is called Even More Jesus. It has nothing related to the, to, the, to the podcast today. It's a whopping 12% Imperial IP, uh, not um, IPA, Imperial Stout. And my lord, it is... The, 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 the head on it is like a dark, chocolatey mocha flavor. It looks hefty. I can, it looks like a coffee. It looks like a coffee. I can see it. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, but man, like, that's impressive. How's yours looking? Today, hmm? How's yours? Are you throwing it in a glass or are you just drinking it out of the can today? I'm even drinking it out of the can like a heathen. Uh, apologies to um, Radical Roads Brewing. I'm not drinking your beer properly. But uh, so this is the Yuzu Pale Ale I'm having today. Uh, as I said, Radical Roads Brewing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. You may have heard of the city before. Um, it's it's a small batch IPA. Um, and the big selling point is that it's using the Japanese Yuzu fruit to add flavor. Uh, a fruit I'm not familiar with. So um, obviously the flavor is new to me, but it's very good. I'm a big fan of it. It's, you know. As you expect from modern IPAs, especially ones with fruit characteristics, it's very juicy, very flavorful. Uh, big fan, and not too doesn't have a huge bite after it. It's only five percent, uh, so it's a. I guess I, they're using some moderation, which is you don't always see in modern uh, craft IPAs. We're talking yeah. about what we're, we're up to. I mean, this is going to be we the last time. Well, actually, Alex has been talking to you with Kevin, and watching some shenanigans. That was, That's right. That was a while ago now, though. Yeah. It was like three weeks ago. Uh, anyway, um, this week is a bit of a catch-up week. Sean hasn't watched a lot of wrestling in the last month or so, yeah. uh, except for now we're all caught up, more or less. Yeah. I have watched. I've watched pretty much most of the big stuff. Um, there's some stuff that I wish I was more caught up on that I'm not. I know sooner or later, if I have time, now that I'm working full time, I'm gonna have to try and do a deep dive into progress because I haven't watched any of their stuff. They did a lot of important stuff over the last month. Um, I haven't finished the May Young Classic yet, so we will not be covering that on this show. We may try and do I think it. We should, yeah, I think that might be a podcast in the future. Maybe that'd be a good well, idea. Well, the, um, the finals are actually about. tonight. Um, yeah, we can come up with that like, next week, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. yeah, that's something we can do next week for sure. Yeah, well, I think too, especially since we haven't really brought much to the table in terms of women wrestling on the podcast. I think we've only had one episode about it before, haven't we? Um... Have we even done one episode? I thought we, I, I think we wanted to, and we've had plenty of reasons to, but we just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, we've because, had a few, we've tried a few times, but, and I know we, when we do the full, we've done full show reviews where we talk about women's matches, yeah. um, but we haven't done a show just on women's wrestling. We're going to talk about women's match today, actually. Uh, yeah. What I maybe the best women's match in WWE history. That's true. Um, though that's a controversial statement, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, that's true. But, but let's, uh, sorry. Let's get using? into it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah we're we're going to talk about what matches yeah. are we going to talk about. For sure. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess I'll give the overview of the matches. And with each match, we got a little bit of, of news to talk about and just give opinions on what's happening. So much has happened in the last while. Um, so we did talk about six matches today. Um, first up is going to be the main event of SummerSlam, the four-way between the four big lads, Brock, Braun, Samoa Joe, and Roman Reigns. 
Grand Hart yeah. wrote, what I believe is the best match on NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3, Asuka versus Ember Moon. From the G1, we're going to go back to the end of the G1, talk about Evil versus Okada, Okada versus Omega, and the G1 final, Omega versus Naito. And as well, we're going to touch on very shortly at the end, um, the indie match from Down Under that's been uh, getting a little bit of buzz, uh, Will Ospreay versus Mikey Eagles. Um, or is it Robbie Eagles? It's but, Robbie Eagles. Robbie Eagles. Sorry, Robbie. Um yeah, so let's get into it starting at the top, the SummerSlam four-way. So this is probably the first wrestling match you've watched in like two weeks or more. Yeah, well, I mean, like, like other than uh, that little, uh, was the yeah the only wrestling match I have. Um, but we have also watched, in some connection to the aftermath of this, the Cena versus... Uh, uh, Cena, uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, oh, you'd seen the promo, yeah. Promo, this was, yeah, like, this would have been the first matching scene since you went. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. Yeah, yeah, okay, no, it yeah. is. Um, so, uh, lead us in. What did you think? Oh, it was fantastic. You got four big boys making a uh, well in the ring. Roman being the smallest, um, in a sense. I think Joe's shorter, I think he's but Joe's shorter, yeah. But I mean, like, in terms of just. You don't think of Roman as a big boy the way Tomo yeah. Joe is authentically a big lad. Exactly. Just by the way, yeah. sorry for the sniffles, anyone. I've uh, I'm, I'm been sick a little bit lately. Um, but yeah, no, that match, the going into it, I was excited for it anyways. Um, it's what WWE does well with just the big boys going at it. I mean, it for doesn't sure. do it in the same way that the indies do it, where those big boys can fly usually in the indies. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we got some really good talent in the ring. Probably for the somewhat like for the with Braun sort of being the exception because I, he's a, he's improving a lot, but he's still not the top like anywhere near the top in the terms of wrestling skill. Yes, but, just in terms of pure in ring skill, I agree. Yeah, yeah, three of the four of those guys were probably in the top twenty wrestlers in the company. I would say. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So uh, as long as they're motivated and have the right guy in front of them, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And he got Braun in there, and he just—I mean—he took over that match too. So, well, that and that's something actually that's very interesting to point out in a match where the other three guys are more experienced and arguably more established. Although this year has been about establishing Braun Strowman, um, he—it was a match designed to make him look like a star. I think it's unquestionable that it succeeded, and. Um, well, that's what those guys. It seems do, impossible, right? but the the Braun Strowman hype train is just getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, I mean, like, um, if if Braun, the only thing about that train that would make it even better is if Braun was able to get some sort of superpower where he'd be able to make <laughs> ghost trains. Um, that would be helpful. Actually, oh, yeah, Rick and Morty okay, reference. I, I got it. Being I got tro- it. topical right now. Um, that episode <laughs> is very like that was like a month ago. <laughs> I know. I just watched all of those episodes recently. Actually, yeah. the most recent one is Pickle Rick, isn't it? I think there's there must have been a new one since then. No, I like, think just Pickle Rick's like last week, isn't it? Nah, dude, because I watched it back when I had internet, and that was like first oh, time. Well, well, it was like two weeks ago. Anyways, um, actually, if this match had one more wrestler in it, it would be Pickle Rick. Oh, my um, goodness. <laughs> no, um, he would kill them all. It's not even a fair fight. Absolutely. But, um, anyways... So yeah, no, it's actually really interesting to see see the the three of those guys in a sense giving a push for Braun going mm-hmm. forward. I mean, they would have to do it anyways um, if they didn't want to, but I have a feeling that they're okay with it just because Braun's a Braun's a workable guy. He seems like he's agreeable and he's willing to learn. So yeah, honestly, the the Braun Strowman thing is is incredible to watch, especially since I haven't really been watching raw um for some time i like i haven't watched a full episode of raw or even like more than just a five ten minute clip except for the john cena roman reign segment in you know in like six months or so yeah um and but braun the way he's catching fire is is incredible he's regularly the most entertaining thing on any of that kind of programming they it's very interesting to me that he is being allowed to do the things that he's doing when it's like, it's just, it makes me think of the way they try to push Roman Reigns and they did it. Like they, they definitely wouldn't build Roman like this, even though 
Like, it's clear they know how to build... I guess it's the difference of building a guy who's a monster and building a guy who's supposed to be John Cena, you know? But, well, yeah. I mean, like, the thing is, like, they can... Yeah, they can... They don't have to do a lot behind Braun to make him something everyone wants to kind of... That everyone's okay with seeing, right? I mean... Well, but if you think about it, they did do a lot. And he... I don't... I think if they hadn't done all the stuff they did, he wouldn't be as over as he is. Like... Well, I think that was by accident, to be honest, by them. I mean, they didn't mean to... Probably they didn't throw Braun into into I mean, the Wyatt group just to build him up in the end. I think they just saw that they've. Oh no, he was definitely was. he was definitely meant to be the star. Like oh, really? they, I didn't or, they were gonna they were gonna do him versus Brock at WrestleMania the WrestleMania after he debuted like two years ago. Oh right, that's true. Um, which would have been a disaster. Around. He could barely wrestle back then. What? I never realized that Braun had actually been around for. Um, Upwards of two years now. Yeah, because he well he debuted the the first SummerSlam I started watching wrestling. Right. So that would have been I in just I totally I just forgot about it. Yeah, okay. actually, his so the the Rock for SummerSlam would be his two year anniversary with the company. And yeah, the strides he's made have been incredible. Um, yeah. This has been the year of Braun Strowman. Like to be honest, the beer that I'm having right now, yeah, if Braun drank it. He could just. Pound it back. He could pound it back, absolutely. It's a fucking, yeah. But I've had like three sips, and I've been sick for the last four days, and I'm already starting to feel it. Yeah. It's 12%. It tastes Stay really flat. nice, though. That's good. Like bronze. It, it kind of grows on you, like bronze wrestling. Mm. That's so a there's, Yeah, just a quick summary of that yeah. match. Um, yeah, sorry, I got rambling. All four big lads going, no, 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 we're going all over the place. All four big lads going at it. Big spot where Braun puts Brock through two ta- two announced tables and dumps the third one on top of him. Brock yeah. taking out the stretcher. Yeah, Go I mean, back like, that was super yeah. believable, him, Brock being put out by that table. Yeah, yeah. 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 But anyways. they That's that's the kind of thing I, I, I mean when I say they're going all out with it. Yeah. Um, well, that's the they, thing. They, they, they save that Brock, for big moments. Braun all these awesome spots. And yeah. it's clearly working, so they should just keep doing it. You know, like think of all the stuff he's got to do. You got to do that initial, the thing that really got him over at first when he did that crazy stuff to Roman, right? Yeah. And with the ambulance. And then. Wait, so is it bronze? Bronze career has been built on top of just beating the shit out of Roman Reigns yeah, and James Ellsworth? 100%. 100%. There's a, forget James Ellsworth. It's, it was, it was like he got big originally from squadron jobbers, it's true, but him destroying Roman is what made him. Yeah. It made him into who he is now. Like, think about, like, his freaking catchphrase is, I'm not finished with you yet, which is from that original ambulance uh, uh, angle. Yeah, that's true. Mm. I think they've, I think it's actually been uh, positive on the WWE side uh, for a lot of its faults lately. I think um, it's it's been uh, a good thing. By the way, how is that uh, beer that you're having anyways? Is it good, you said? It's delicious. Yeah, I really, really like it. I would not hesitate to get this again. Okay, just want to make sure. I just want to check. Um, yeah, yeah, the flavor is very interesting. I've never had a yuzu fruit before, so I haven't either. Yeah, um, um, I guess, I guess, yeah. The only important, the other important things to remember the match is I think it was um, Brock or Braun almost won, but Brock pulled the ref out of the ring. Yeah, it was like it's setting up that feud. That's the uh, it's kind of the biggest. It was setting up Braun to be stronger and also setting up what's going to happen next. It was interesting that Roman ate the pin from Brock in that match. Um, He's done it before, right? Yeah, but just it, it, Has, it I think it's very positive for Samoa Joe because he didn't get to do a ton in that match, and you would think that he would be the lowest guy in the totem pole in that situation. Well, it, I, I know it, you hurt, it would have hurt him a lot yeah. more to eat the pin than it hurts. Like it doesn't hurt Roman, Roman at all, I don't think. No, why? Well, I mean, like he's, he's going uh, into he's going into a super feud. Exactly, and like so, like. He's he's next program is with Cena, whereas I don't know what Joe's yeah, doing. Yeah, I was gonna say like right what's, now, so. we know what we know what Brock's doing, we know what Braun's doing, we know what Roman's doing, but we don't know what Joe's doing. Well, we might know if one of us had watched Raw. Yeah, but I mean <laughs> in the last like, two weeks, three maybe weeks. Maybe he'll have another feud with Sami Zayn. Uh, it was well, no, they're on different brands. Oh, they are. Um, it was being teased for a little bit that he might um, get a shot at the Miz, but that didn't end up happening, and now. Uh, I, I all I know is there was a segment with Enzo and the Miz last night. Oh, that's gonna be where the, where the Miz was shooting on Enzo about how everyone hates him. Mm, they love shooting just, right now. 
They're oh, man, there's shoes. fucking companies all about shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so let's just uh, let's answer the big question right now. Which match are you more excited for at No Mercy? Brock versus Braun or Cena versus Roman? That's a hard one. I mean, to be the truth, to tell you the truth, I feel like um, the Brock versus Ro- uh, sorry, Roman versus Cena match will be more entertaining in a sense. Because mm-hmm. I feel like the Brock Ro- a Brock Braun match is going to have to be a bit of a shorter match. This can go really well, but at the same mm-hmm. time, like, I don't mind them, but at the same time, if that match goes anywhere past the 10-minute mark, yeah, it's going to be crap, because I don't think... Braun is young enough to, to go, but I don't think they can they can put a, a put a match through plus 10 that would be actually entertaining to watch between them two. For sure. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I think there is a, a huge risk in that. Yeah. Just because, like, well, they could. There's always the opportunity, but I mm-hmm. just don't think it's going to happen. Because well, we just haven't seen Braun in a long singles match. Um, yeah, and just a long singles match. That's the key. Is the long matches he's in. No, what we need, people. by the way. Hmm? You know, okay, you're gonna have Paulie in yeah. in Brock's corner, right? You know, yeah. who you need in Braun's corner. I think he's about old enough to be done with his wrestling. To get the show, gotta get a big show in. Oh yeah, big As show has to turn. No, he has to be. No, he's not even a mentor. Fucking full out manager. Big show. He's the big show. He's the manager, the best guy mm. in town. The you know he can he can work it. Even though he wouldn't be able to because he'd be like I'm I'm big. And then show. you have to build up to and you do a Akira Tozawa versus <laughs> Braun Strowman feud. Which leads to Big Show versus <laughs> Titus O'Neil in a in a tuxedo match. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At WrestleMania. Yeah. No, but I think actually it'd be very entertaining to have um, Big Show in Braun's corner. I think they haven't had the opportunity to actually legit have two massive dudes be in the same kind of like manager. Um, it would um, be interesting. Feud, uh, situation, and I think they could do it because they have those matches. That they're playing on, they're they're doing on, they're doing dark shows and stuff like that, right? Dark matches. Well, Big Show and Braun. And then they fight. They fought on TV. They fought on Raw the other day, and he pretty much retired. Well, not retired. I think Big Show's going to get a retirement match at WrestleMania this year. Yeah. And get the Shaq match. They're going to give him something this year. Uh, No, I just think it'd be actually quite entertaining to. um, I think Big Show's going to be around the company for a lot longer. Um, I don't. Think yeah, yeah, he around. might it's, come back in some capacity. Yeah, he, he's a. Re- he, I think Big Show is a, just very much so a company wrestler man. Like that's just he's young enough. He's definitely seems like he's smart enough. He could probably do stuff mm. um, in the back behind the scenes. He's probably already doing stuff behind the scenes, right? Well, I don't know. He had some interesting things to say in his interview with Jericho about how like he doesn't really like dealing with the the backstage shit like he finds it it's just too political for him and like i guess he doesn't, so. mind, he doesn't mind calling out that like so much of the story so many of the storylines on raw are bullshit and like right okay maybe not never mind so yeah i don't know he i don't think he likes to play the game right i guess and if you're they don't like just bring you in if you haven't played the game well i mean i mean he could get a job if he wanted to as like an agent or something i just don't know that that's he's interested in that yeah yeah that's true um and he's been around for long enough as a big enough star that he probably he doesn't have to if he doesn't want to, right? Oh no, like, he I know doesn't that. need the money. No, whereas like I, some of, some of the guys that work as agents and stuff, like probably not that they're necessarily hurting, but they don't mind, you know. Like like uh, I'm trying to think, guys that are work as agents, are like Billy Kidman, Dean Malenko, uh, yeah. Devon, guys that like probably all have okay money, but like um, you know, like I'm sure they don't mind having a, a decently good probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, not just decent. Probably they get paid two hundred grand a year or some shit. That's true, yeah. It's very good money. Um, yeah, they still have the anyway. travel side. Anyways, yeah, but um, yeah. I think that uh, it was an amazing – it was a good, an amazing match. It was a good match. Um, it, it highlights uh, the future of what's going on with all those guys, and I don't know what's happening next with it all. Um, I'd, I'd I think say I would it's say the top five WWE match this yeah. year, I think. I mean, Roman – and I think Roman Cena is going to be a really good match. It just is – it's going to. Um, yeah. I don't think – I can't believe it's happening in No Mercy. It's kind yeah. of ridiculous. But um, I'm okay it's... with that because, you know what? Like, we always complain about, like, I'm okay with them putting on good matches throughout the year instead of just waiting for WrestleMania that. and SummerSlam and I guess the Royal Rumble, you can call it too. 
and how well, it's just, it, it is kind of wild that like we had all these random ass shitty main events and then we have like two giant mega main events on it's because we're on the road to wrestlemania we're not on the road to WrestleMania. That starts so then, the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we're no, like we're four months ro- away, five months away. Yeah, from no, 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 no. You gotta start leading up now. You gotta start selling. You gotta get people hyped the, now. The Undertaker's gonna gonna cost Roman the match with Cena. Oh, fuck. If if Undertaker doesn't, um, I want to see some old, like late '90s style shit coming in with the Undertaker. If he comes back, it better be magical Undertaker, like Wizard Warlock level. He better emerge from the ring, pull Roman the end of the match, through it, and then the lights. You would be off. so great. It's like the Undertaker comes back and costs him the match. He's like, "Oh, I can't fight you, Roman. I'm <laughs> too weak. I'm too old." But instead, we're gonna see the match that all the fans want to see: Roman versus K. <laughs> God, oh man. No. Well... <laughs> That'd be great. Not really, but I just, yeah. I guess the thing is that's the problem is the Undertaker could do all these great promos still, but he cannot wrestle. He's such a good character, yeah, but like I really think that he he's should not going to do it. There, he's he's, and he's really... not going to. I hope not. There were so many rumors, but so often rumors are bullshit. Um, so let's especially around the Undertaker, head. right? I mean, well, in my experience in the last few years of following pro wrestling, rumors about the Undertaker have often been true. Like the original rumor was him coming That's back true, at Battleground, and then... The rumor I was actually of, kind of biting my tongue as I had said that, because I'm like, yeah. hey, no, actually, every time you mention <laughs> that he's coming back, he's likely coming back at oh, some point. Man. Well, may, oh, let's just hope he's done a lot of DDP yoga if he is coming back. No, it would be good if he came back in terms of doing, like, um, a, like that's what I'm saying, like, some of these old guys that are been around for long enough to make like listen a, the only the only reason i want the entertainer coming back is because he was going to do one more wrestlemania match against terry funk <laughs> no <laughs> fuck off and it's, and it's it's a barbed wire death match <laughs> flaming barbed wire exploding ring death match okay fine yeah um, i was more meaning like by the way i think by the way everyone when they think exploding ring death match ring of fire kind of level stuff they literally yeah. just want to watch a World War II reenactment, and all they ever get is like a is like some cheap barbed wire around the edge of the ring, like some little flames that pop up on the side, and some little like. Oh, listen! You're th- no, you're thinking of the WWE Inferno matches, dog. I'm gonna make you watch an <laughs> FMW show one of these days, and we're gonna see like the classic and Sushi Onita versus okay Terry Funk in a I'm, I'm okay. fucking one of the. Was it, I think it was actually Mick Foley who set got his own arm set on fire doing I'm, one of these. I'm okay. I'm okay with not. Yeah, I, I thought you might be. Um, but I think. Do you have any other big WWE thoughts? Uh, we can move on to NXT. Uh, I just like just I was gonna say that the that the Undertaker should bring back the Legion of Doom, or should bring up the Legion of Doom. He should create the Legion of Doom, and set a, a five wait, years of darkness on. upon the WWE. You mean like the, the the Road Warriors? No, actually, that's what they are, right? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Well, what was his? Legion Hawk part? is dead. I'm afraid. Is Animal dead too? I don't know. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. But what's the, what was his legion? His group called again? The Undertaker. Oh, the the Ministry. The Ministry, the Ministry of Darkness. Darkness. He should bring back the Ministry of Darkness. Who was in the Ministry of Darkness? No, I'm not saying everyone else. I'm saying like create oh. a new ministry, and he's just like he's like, oh, I got an idea. You gotta bring back the Ministry of Darkness. Do you think if Finn what... hadn't gotten hurt, that he would have retired the Undertaker? Yeah, could have potentially. That could have been. Made that would have been. I think that would have been a lot better. I no, mean, no. although like no one was gonna have a good match with him, he was like so done. On the sillier side, by the way. Yeah. Let me finish my thought about the the Ministry of it. Darkness. The Ministry of Darkness. Go for it. You want to know who the Undertaker would partner up with? Um, for that. Who? Some of the best ministers in the WWE. They have the um, power of positivity oh, on their God. side. All right. It's a new day. New day goes goes uh, goes to the Ministry of Darkness. Good shit. And they've like totally changed sides, but they're like the cackling, like oh, you got the, the new day who's like that. You know, like in every good movie, there's always those like cackling buffoons who are sort of like on the the, the evil side. 
mm-hmm. who are always doing like the dirty work for like the the big top guys. Oh yeah, absolutely. The hyenas in the Lion King. Yeah, exactly. New Day does that stuff. You have the Undertaker, and then you have um, oh, who would be a good actual fighter person for the Undertaker? Because he can't fight. Uh, Lars. Uh, what's <laughs> no, I don't need a no name, or I need someone to. Um, uh, how about oh Eric Rowan? There we go. We're good. That's good. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyways, let's go on the other stuff because I. Uh, I'll just yeah. write a, I'll write a subgenre novel or whatever you call them. A, a genre <laughs> novel? A fan fiction? Fan, fan fiction? fiction novel. Right, yeah. fan fiction novel. Okay. <laughs> the Undertaker comes back one day. So, so our second match on the docket today um, was the match I thought was easily the match of the night at Taker Brooklyn Three. When I say easily, that's not to denigrate the rest of the card because it was a it was everything on that show was good. Um, but I'm talking, of course, about Oscar versus Ember Moon. Uh, Oscar's final match in NXT, as far as we are currently aware. Um, so, so you watched this? What did you, what did you think of the match? Um, huh. I thought that match was pretty fantastic. I mean, like, yeah. uh, it was just a well-rounded match. Um, they did some crazy spots. Really good back and forth between the two. I mean, Ember Moon looked really good. Like, you're, we were talking during the match about how she seems to be bringing back some of her old look from how she kind of, like, came in from the indies. Right, right. Yeah. And that, I mean, it was a good, as we know now, it's like kind of a, a slow goodbye for, for Asuka. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, um, I, there's not much wrong with this match. That, Like you said, it's like a well it's just a well-executed match. I mean... It reminds you yeah. of, of just a top-level match. I mean, there's lots of them going on right now, which kind of makes it, to me at least, because we just watched a lot of really top-level stuff, mm-hmm. it kind of fits in with everything. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't, for me, like, it just was just, it was like watching something sort of like New Japan, but with a little bit more rest, like WWE put into it. I agree. You know what I mean? Uh, one like, thing that made, yeah, absolutely. One, one thing that really made me think of New Japan, and this is, it's only a New Japan characteristic, and because of like kind of how bad WWE's, and I don't mean bad in yeah. the sense of like bad, very bad, because often good stuff, but um, there were, in this match, there were many, many callbacks to um, their previous match and to other matches the two have done. Yeah. And it really rewarded you for knowing the storyline and knowing um, the characters. Like, let's talk about, um, there was a bit where Asuka threw the ref into Ember Moon to stop getting hit by the Eclipse a second time. Um, and But this time the ref stopped her from winning by pulling in tights. Yeah. Uh, no one has ever kicked out of the Eclipse before, and they sold that as like, oh my god, Ember is going to win, and then she and then Asuka kicked out. First time ever. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Like, that happens, what I would say is that happens... In big, and this is maybe a good step for the WWE on this side, and maybe overall for wrestling um, at, at this level in terms mm-hmm. of like the popularity-wise, is their tree their that okay, it just make they're protecting a move, not protecting yeah. it, but yeah, no, that's they're right. Using that's a move right. um, mm-hmm. from Ember Moon as if it's something massive from like the the male side of wrestling. Mm-hmm. I thought that was real. That's that's a really good point that it just made me think of is like. It was a very protective move, and I mean, no, there's protective move from in on the on the woman's side, but mm-hmm. you don't usually have it between two large competitors like that. Because I guess well, the most part, of the, like, the new wave of women use submission finishers. That's what I was gonna say. That's why yeah. I just was thinking of it. I'm like, oh, wait, actually, that's maybe the why, and yeah, maybe this and Oscar like, actually does too. Although um, she can win with strikes as well. Like I just remember her match yeah. with Nia Jax. She won by just kicking her in the head over and over again. Yeah. Well, is, who's going to, you said that? I'm oh, sorry, I missed a name. Oscar, oh, Oscar beat Nia yeah. Jax yeah. by kicking her in the head. Yeah. Well, and like, her, but her regular finish is her uh, Oscar lock. But yeah, there's not a lot of strike-based uh, women's wrestling that's happening right now. And Ember Moon is sort of that one person, other than that random, like, um, uh, call, uh, one girl who wears a Roman um, gladiator uh, skirt. The, the Lacey the, Evans? The MMA fighter one. Oh, Sonya Deville. Yeah. Um, other than her, they have no one who's technically a brawler, I guess. Yeah, that's kind of true. 
Um, I mean, they've obviously got a whole bunch more. They just added a whole bunch of more women. I don't know how many of them are signed to contracts. Um, Well, I guess what's a, what's a, I I, I haven't watched her so long that it's, it's, names are losing me right now. And also the 12 percenter I'm drinking. Um, It's the, what's her name? The new lady who was involved with the feud between um, Oscar, Ember Moon. um, Yeah, Ruby Riot. I'm thinking of. Yeah. Does she? What's her style? Because she seems like she should um, be like te- a... kind of technical. Um, she yeah. does a lot of uh, fancy grappling stuff. Um, not quite Zack Saber Jr. level fancy, but lots of roll ups and. Okay. Uh, uh, she makes me think of like a like a Johnny Gargano type. Um, I think is a fair comp for right. her. Uh, okay. Oh yeah. Well, I'm just trying to think of anyone else. I mean, and then um, Nikki. Nikki is. Um, I think she's overall rounded. I think isn't she? She doesn't do. Yeah, a lot she of... she does does a little bit of everything. Her her wrestling is very character work based right yeah. now. Um, yeah, so, exactly. And she kind of goes for like, I guess a bit of a hardcore style. Um, yeah, you know they did the the, the no DQ match with Oscar with the trash can and all that shit, which yeah. was pretty awesome. But yeah, no. Anyways, that, let's get back to the thing because we're, we're running a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, we're not yet, but we're going to be. Um, the uh, the match was great. I mean, do you have anything to say about it? Like, I mean, obviously, um, no, it's it's, your it, this really so. felt like a classic match. Um, I'm very, very glad that this got to be Oscar's last match, uh, both as champion and NXT, because she's really um, been given a lot of so-so stuff to work with over the last while. She got she, her last two um, uh, big show title defenses, but she had lots of smaller title defenses on TV that were very good, although they were good for TV matches. They weren't like pay-per-view level. Um, like even the Nikki Cross match, which I thought was great, was like topping out at around four stars. Just because it's, especially in NXT, which the crowd is really cooled off there, it's very hard. I feel like to have a um, to have a four plus star match in that uh, arena, just because the crowd is kind of dull these days. Um, but like she had, I believe there was a four way with Nikki and the the two yeah. uh, preppy, the two Australian yeah. girls, and then she had a three way with. Um, Nikki and Ruby Riot uh, at the Chicago show, but the last and the last ever match of the room was good, although because of the false finish and it was or the not false but the cheap finish it was a little short. Obviously, it was not allowed to be the kind of match this one was. Yeah. They have to go back to last year where she had a number of great matches. The two matches with Bailey, of course, um, the match with Nikki James really to rewatch, which I remember being very good. I I know some people didn't like the match with Nia as much, but I thought that was a great match. So. Well, it's Oscar's yeah. held this title for longer than anyone has held a title in modern WWE history. Oh, really? Huh. She held it for 520, I believe, six days. That's impressive. I never really held the world title longer. I believe not longer than New Day's record-breaking tag yeah. title reign. Time's flown in that time. I mean, geez, like they must. I mean, she's been in the, the company for roughly two years, and she held the title for like a year and three quarters of that. I mean, I think um... a year and a half. I think Oscar is gonna hopefully do great on the main roster. Yeah. And... Someone had a really good comment that was like, uh, "Who will?" It was like picture one is who will break Oscar's undefeated streak because she's still never been beaten. Yeah. And the answer: WWE creative. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't know what's gonna happen to her. I I think she should beat everybody for a long time. Uh, like I'm pretty sure she's know. gonna lose to Alexa Bliss. God. Is he gonna love her? Like if she loses in the next six months, there's no way. Then out. what was what was the point? No, no mercy. Sorry, no. I just love if no she loses the next six months, what was the point of bringing her up without her losing the title? Well, right, I mean, like yeah. you have to make that undefeated streak mean something. Yeah. Anyway, um, so just uh, let's see here. Because you haven't seen any of the May Young Classic yet, I've seen no. uh, almost all the first round. I'm very behind just because I haven't had internet for most of the last two weeks. Um, it's looking good so far. I don't know if I've, I don't think we've talked about it at all on the podcast. Um, the the matches are here and there. Some of them are pretty good. Um, they bought them out. Like there's some of the first round that's bad. I've heard that nothing else after the first round is bad. It like levels out at like just okay to like good. Um, but the one thing that's great is the presentation is very, very good. I love that real sports style. As you remember, it's very similar to the Cruiserweight Classic, yeah. Um, which was given in that in that the simple characters with very simple storylines. They're just in a tournament, got to win the next match, got to make it to the end. Exactly. Um, yeah. 
all the personalities, not all of them, but most of the personalities are very compelling, very interesting. Um, but the people you expect to come out as stars who are known from the Indies do. There are some very exciting people from the Performance Center who look great. I thought um, Zeta is one who is, she's a, I believe she's American of Chinese descent, uh, jujitsu background, looks great. Uh, not necessarily a great wrestler yet, but seems to have a lot of personality and is an okay wrestler. Okay. Then there's Bianca Belair, who is, everyone else was raving about her right now. She looks like a freaking star. Um, I believe she, they said she was a, she's a former hurdler at U, University of Texas, something like that. Uh, she, she's a complete performance center built wrestler, and huh. she's a credit to that um, organization because she, she's a solid wrestler. She's a great personality, great character, very compelling. So you're saying uh, for, yeah. I haven't watched. She has a, apparently has an amazing second round match with Kyrie yeah. uh, Sane, the former Kyrie Hojo, um, which apparently is like the really shows how how much potential this girl has. So I'm very excited to see her match. And see the rest of the tournament, because I said I'm only about halfway through right now. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, we could talk about, I guess, Adam Cole or whatever, but, you know. I think we should just already leave heard it. all that stuff. Let's just move on. Yeah. So let's I mean, talk about um, Evil versus Okada. We're jumping to the G1 here. This was uh, night uh, 14 or so, maybe night 16, something like that. Um, any thoughts on the match itself? I know you. You didn't realize Evil was gonna win going in, so that no. uh, that was a bit of a. Well, I mean, surprise. like the thing about this match was it, it. It's a showcase of how well Evil's been. I mean, overall in the whole tournament, and how much I when we even started watching it, I never realized um, how much they were gonna push Evil. I thought Evil mm-hmm. was just sort of a side guy who was stuck in the stuck in the mid range. Yeah. Um, but then you told me about his situation and how he's been getting a lot more push and how he's not as old as I thought he was and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. I originally thought Evil, just by his character look, was a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, his his outfit somewhat reminds me of like a pop, a not pop, a punk version of Rhino sometimes. Sure, yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, he's a great wrestler. I don't think he's found his own as much as some of the top guys yet. He's getting sure. there. Mm-hmm. But that match is really, you know... Um, a signal. It was two things. It's the starting of a medium rise of uh, of, uh, of of evil, mm-hmm. and um, which is going to lead to a lot of great, I think, potential uh, in in matches and stuff like that. And then Okada's slight tiredness that's evolving. Sure. Yeah, that's part of the story where he, I believe, he lost evil, tied Suzuki after yeah. after winning every match in the whole tournament. Up to that point, he lost to evil, tied Suzuki, and lost to Omega in the last three matches. Yeah, I that think it's the story of a dominant wrestler who just got too tired down the stretch. And now he's on his way to fight Naito. So, yes, at Wrestle Kingdom. But first, he has he's going to have to fight evil, presumably at uh, King of Pro Wrestling in. Right, because he I said guess. he would fight him again, right? Wasn't it the whole thing? Yeah, well, they always they always do a big title defense at King of Pro Wrestling, which is like the third biggest show of the year, and it's usually someone that beat the champ in the yeah. Well, and I think presumably I think, not going to be Omega because they've already had three matches this year. No, I I think this is a good. Um, the thing is, the whole like ha- them having three matches this year, I don't think it's going to be Omega as well. And as well, you got the thing is with Evil, mm-hmm. you got him doing. Uh, he's not going to win the match. That's the thing. No, I of course not. No. I, I think this is going to be sort of you're building evil up. Him losing to Okada uh, um, is not going to do any damage to him. No, but absolutely. I think, I think just just having him hold his own in that big time title match, especially if it goes thirty or forty minutes, yeah, yeah. it will make him. It will elevate him even higher than he's already been elevated. I exactly. Think. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was a great match. Um, mm-hmm. I'm having trouble remembering some of the finer details. I just remember yeah. that the match overall was really well executed. Like all the, the I mean, the, the G1, G1 was just overall. Embarrassment like, of riches. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, the, the main the main story uh, being, of course, Okada getting cocky. Uh, yeah. You know, hits two Rainmakers, and instead of going for the cover, he's like prancing around ready to hit the third, and Evil counters it and nails him with his with the STO his finisher and, and yeah. wins the match to everyone's joy. Uh, the crowd was really behind Evil there. Yeah, um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that <laughs> was fun. Thing is Evil. Um, yeah. I guess the only other things to talk about uh, in just terms of this match were the big stories of the G1. I guess um, 
the dominance of the big stars yeah. uh, came on the last two days of the tournament. The only people that had a chance of advancing to the final were Tanahashi and Naito in the A block, but Mega and Okada in the B block. They built those four guys as the four guys in the company, yeah. uh, as it should be. But this, this, this tournament also built up a new bench. Obviously, we talk about Evil. Um, Juice Robinson also had an incredible yeah. tournament. Got the shock win over Omega in a match we didn't watch, but um, just uh, the only the real important thing about this match, he won with a roll up, and um, he is so overjoyed, excited, he can't believe what he did. His facial selling is incredible. Kenny is just confused. He like talking to Red Tooth. He's like, wait, no, that didn't just happen. So they're obviously they're that's gonna be a title defense at um, Destruction at the end of September in a week or two. Um, I mean, does that mean for Omega that? I'm just trying to get my head around, um, wrapped around the, um, uh, the, uh, what am I forgetting his name? Stardust. Um, Cody? Cody situation. I thought Cody mm-hmm. was in there trying to usurp. Well, I don't know what the, I don't know what's going on with that storyline. I don't know if that storyline is being just done by them. Like, it's their own volition and, like, Gato may or may not ever book the match. Uh, or if it's all part of some long-burned plan. Well, I was Hopefully just going to say, like, if... The- Wait, sorry, yes. go on. I was going to say, hopefully the plan isn't for that match to be at Wrestle Kingdom, because we all want that Kenny Kota Ibushi match. Yeah. No, I was just thinking, like, I could see... Well, no, Juice and, Juice and uh, Cody are in too much, of a far, uh, too much of a separate group grouping to have any connection, but I could see Cody, um, potentially, if there's a few going on at all, mm. messing with the match again a little bit. To, oh, that'd be interesting. Maybe, uh, I mean, he they, could cost Kenny the title. Although that might make Juice look bad when they're trying to build him up as a babyface. Well, I mean, it's not. But the thing is, he's a, a babyface and not babyface in peril. But he's like the. He's yes, a, he's a much lower tier than than Kenny. Absolutely. But what I mean is, like, uh, he's a babyface who him accidentally winning the title. In sense, yeah, sure, sure. Is fine. I think I, maybe he's fine for WWE. Maybe it's not good for New Japan. Yeah, that's um, just what I'm wondering. Well, I, don't, yeah. I don't know how the Japanese fans will react to that, right? Because, like, if Juice if Juice wasn't getting the crowd reactions he's getting, then his career would be, like, he'd be in trouble, I think. So much yeah. of what makes Juice so great right now is how much the crowd is behind him. Yeah. Well, maybe the crowd will. I guess not. I think that he needs a strong win to if he's going to win anything. Yeah, and I don't think he should win, but... No, uh, I don't think so either, but... I'm but, like, I wonder what that, what that match would lead to. Like, then when you do the Cody-Kenny match at King of the Wrestling, I guess? They don't do three ways, do they? No. No, so, they don't. Because um, that would make for a good match, is Cody, um, Kenny, and um, and Juice mm. in a three-way, because you have it so, like, Cody... Yes, that Cody and Kenny can be fighting each other, and Juice can pick up the win. Yeah, or it'll yeah. solidify his... his um, his strength, but also you could have it so Juice can pull an even stronger babyface thing out, and since uh, Cody is a dirty American whatever, yeah, um, he's kind of, I, I could see his character development being like, oh, I won you the title and stuff like that, and you don't deserve it, and then you have uh, Juice do a, you know, I, I know what, I'm actually better than that type of thing, mm. and but that's that's more American, I think, and not, yeah. not enough for the Japanese. They don't have a lot of promos, right? No, so like, I mean that's that's a very promo based story. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can still do it, absolutely, but um, but anyways, yeah, I like it, yeah. But that's uh, I don't think yeah anywhere else. We've yeah, you know, let's just a uh, quick summary of the other big storylines I thought there were in the G one. Um, yeah. I guess yeah, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. I think had an effective effective debut or not debut but first ever g1 um yeah. he's getting his first main event oh, yeah. uh, he's gonna be main eventing the next show which is in a week or so or actually yeah it's in the next week sometime against tanahashi for the intercontinental championship oh, that's that a lot of fun uh, based off of him beating him of course in the first night of the g1 yeah. um nagata in his final g1 ever had maybe the best g1 of the whole turn of anyone in the whole tournament every all of his matches were fiery yeah i wanted him to win so bad he fought so hard to me, his his best match in the whole tournament was against Tanahashi. Tanahashi realized the crowd was wanted Nagata to win. He decided to be Tanahashi, to do the thing he's absolutely best at, maybe better than any babyface in the whole world, which is play a heel when he feels like the crowd isn't cheering for him and be yeah. like kind of a dickhead. And it was awesome. 
he like him and Nagata like slap beat the shit out of each other. They had a great, great match. Um, and yeah, it was Nagata is one of those guys that like I like, but he like he doesn't get to do a lot. Um, and obviously, yeah, from this point forward, he's not going to do much at all. But just to ha- let him have this one last run where everybody really cared about his matches um, made it really special, even though he lost all of them. Um, yeah. I don't mind this as much as I did with Liger when Liger lost all the matches. The only thing I would say is that I get that the reason they're, I don't know why they're really doing it, it's more realistic than the old guy getting that one last big run. Yeah. But at the end of the day, everything gets tired eventually. So if they keep doing the, oh, the old guy doing his last ever run in this tournament thing, they have to, eventually they do have to have a like a good run, you know, or it's, or it's just the same thing every time. And then that's, boring and the people are going to turn on you know yeah exactly i mean they're they're going to do it at some point maybe they just need to get that right old guy yeah and there's there's people it can be well um, i mean um i mean a few years down the, i mean there's a lot of years down the line Ishii, Ishii could Ishii could be too um although he was never he Ishii was never a huge star the way that any of these other guys were that's true he's not even actually that old he's like 40 he's like the same age as tanahashi he so just what, seems he, older than he is could be Makabe, I guess, but uh, Makabe isn't as good a wrestler as Nagata is. <laughs> no. Um, you need to choose anyway. it right. Anyways, I mean, there's not a lot. I mean, the only other person that you could see having this happen to again is someone on, like, the level of Tanahashi or or um, Ishii, in a sense, right? Like, the fans like yeah. both of them, so... Ishii's a, a guy that... Yeah, I don't know. I was say the whole idea, yeah, well, I was going to say the whole idea is behind giving the big, the old guy a push gimmick is because the fans like them Want so it. much yeah. that it's willing to to get it. I mean, realistically, the fact they didn't do it with Liger means they probably will never do it with anybody because he was the guy, right? Yeah, that's true. One of the most beloved rep characters in company history, and he could still go. So, anyway, uh, let's see here. Okada versus Omega. Uh, Omega finally did the big one. He beat Okada. Unfortunately, it was not for the title. It was for the mm-hmm. chance to face Naito in the G1 final. Um, so what do we think? Oh, Omega finally beats Okada on the third try, presumably earning a title shot somewhere down the line. Um, but yeah. it probably won't happen until after Wrestle Kingdom, where Okada may be no longer a champion. Do you think Omega is going to get the title? And IWGP. Is he going to get the heavyweight title? And if he's going to get it, when is he going to get it? Well, I was just going to say, like, he's he's already got the American one. Um, and we talked about this a little bit, before, um, not on the podcast, but another time where we were talking about how, well, I mean, are they really even pushing this belt? If they're going to mm-hmm. do the whole thing of it being an American belt? Like, I don't know. If Kenny has that belt, it's not as big of a. If they're making trying to make that belt like an actual like an actual worthwhile, um, mm-hmm. of significance, then it's not as big of a thing, right? I mean, but if they well, it's it's a big thing because Kenny has it. He has done say, zero I'm, defenses I'm ta- so I'm ta- far, I'm ta- right? I'm talking about. Um, I'm talking about if uh, Kenny keeps on to that belt. Hmm. And is defending it and stuff, and goes to the states to work on stuff and different things like that. Yeah. And then if he doesn't have, if he doesn't fight Omega uh, Okada for the IWPG championship, it's not as big of a thing, but it still is a uh, issue, I guess. Again, it depends whether or not um, Naito. Yeah. Whether or not when Naito wins the title at Wrestle Kingdom, right? And I guess we might as well fold in our talk of the Omega versus Naito matches match into this as well. Yeah. Um, in that both matches very, very good. I have the Okada Omega match rated slightly harder on my match, slightly, slightly higher on my match of the year list. But it didn't uh, get you harder. That's extremely, the yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Okada Omega, the just they compressed one of their matches into whatever it was, 25 minutes. They went balls out as yeah. fast and as hard as they could. Uh, Omega, Kenny finally got it done. The Omega Naito match uh, was a little bit different. It was uh, it was still very 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 good in its own way. 
Um, a lot of it built on Naito working over the neck after that nasty, nasty pile driver where they fell off the table to the floor. Yeah. Um, so much exhaustion. That's you're always gonna. The G1 finals always gonna be like that, where it's two guys who are just beat down from from wrestling like every other day for a month. I mean, like um, maybe that's the thing too. Like these three guys are gonna be tied in together for the next like six months, probably. For sure, they are. Uh, you know, they're the guys in this company. Uh, Tanahashi's there as well, but of course, he's the oldest, and he's kind of being pushed down the card a little bit. Yeah. Um, Who's the guy who takes his place? Well, I mean, Okada's the guy that took his place. Yeah, I'm saying who's like, well, if you have the top four. Oh, as, the, like as four. the new top four. Well, yeah, the problem is, is that, that Shibata was kind of being groomed for that spot, and he would probably never wrestle again. Yeah. Um, the answer, who, who takes his place then? Um, if Kota Ibushi wants to commit long-term, that spot it belongs to him. Yeah. Um, after that, uh, it's a, throw, it's a toss-up. He's probably like the, coming that Three guys. Jay White is about to come back to the company, and I think he's in line for a very big push. I don't remember. But I don't even. You haven't even talked to him to me about. Jay, yeah, Jay White. He was former young boy. He's been doing seasoning. He's been he's been on his uh, what do you call his, his excursion. Yeah. In Ring of Honor for the last year. Um, he's primed to return to the company. Maybe at Wrestle Kingdom sometime in the next probably six months or so. He will be back, and like a little bit of of. Um, he had a winning streak gimmick in, in Ring of Honor, which you know, you know, you don't just get that by at random, right? You get that because yeah. you're you're primed for big things. Everything he's he's done some when New Japan goes to the US, he shows up on their shows occasionally. And he's like scoring pinfalls over more established guys. He's he's the one in, in tag matches, he's the one getting the win. Like he's ready for big things down the line. And I would not be surprised to see him getting a mega push when he returns. That's true. Huh? Well, there's lots of questions, but the three yeah. guys, I mean, it's hard to say. I think they'll probably... And Tanahashi is... is I don't think Tanahashi is going to disappear anytime soon. He's just taking no. less of a role. I mean, he's still the second, you know, the number two champion of the company right now. See, the thing is, as well, I think they would have to do... If if Omega, if Okada lost the belt to Naito, I feel like they have to continue that... They have to have a few more matches... Well, the, Japan doesn't do the automatic rematch thing. I know, but it's just... So they might do, like, Naito could have a rep match with somebody else, and then, like... They would have, obviously, they'd do a couple more rematches, but... You know, and in fact, next year, like, might be the year where they do Naito versus Okada three times, right? Like, well, they, that's what they, I'm they thinking. did Okada this year. Because the thing is, it's like... Because Omega's pretty nasty, but Naito's even nastier in terms of how he's presented as a character. Sure, yeah. Right? I mean, he's going to disrespect that belt if he gets it. He's not going to give a crap about it. Yeah, that's true. He'll right. And then you have someone like Okada who's been coveting that belt, who's had that belt for the last, how many, how long? Um, he has held the IWGP heavyweight title since Wrestle Kingdom 2016. Yeah. So that's all. he's gonna be. He's gonna have held it for two full years. If he loses at Wrestle Kingdom, yeah. he will have lost it. Held it for two years to the day, and he will be the longest reigning champion in history. So what I'm saying is, he's gonna be quite upset about the way Naito yeah. is treating that belt. He's not honoring it and stuff like that. So maybe sure. I could see Okada being very like they can make a thing out of that. They can make um, and that could be very match heavy. Mm-hmm. Bringing bringing back like the, it's just yeah, it, it's not kind of this like overall something not being right in the world about sure, yeah. good versus evil kind of idea, mm-hmm. except for there's no evil in the match. Well, and like you say, with with evil being built up as like a next like not a top level star, but in the level just below that. Um, you are primed for a LIJ breakup eventually. Actually, not well, that, probably not next year, but maybe the year after you're looking at an evil Naito program, perhaps. I think that maybe if Naito gets the belt, you get like a whole like inner feud that occurs because sure. of the belt. Like that, that could be something. It's just so hard to, to really, uh, to really be sure of. Mm-hmm, I agree. I mean, they did earlier. There was a point this year when every member of Lij held a belt. Yeah. Um. It was Naito with the IC, Hiromu with the Junior, and the other three held the trios titles. Right. Um. They've probably been the most decorated faction. Uh. This this past year. Yeah. Well, we'll see. 
Yeah, anyway, uh, just before we, we fin wrap up here, let's just talk very quickly about the uh, Will Ospreay versus Robbie Eagles match. Um, let's call that match. What was that? What were they called? PWA? Yeah, Pro Wrestling Australia. Okay. Um, so that was a very good match. Um, it's for, for, up for free on YouTube. Just Google Osprey versus Eagles. It'll come up. Uh, it happened in the last uh, like few weeks in August sometime. So if you... Uh, if you're looking at the date, that'll be the one. I'm, just, I'm probably not more than one anyway. Um, yeah. It was good match. Um, Os- uh, it was noted on the Voice of Wrestling podcast that Osprey didn't fuck around. You know, he wasn't here just to like do his like when you just oh I'm just here to do an indie, put the guy over, get paid match. I mean, he didn't put the guy over, but he uh, he worked very hard. These two guys worked very hard. And the most important thing for this match that everyone's taking from it, Will Osprey cut a promo that I felt was very heartfelt at the end. Talking about how he's done all he can for the UK scene. It'll be okay without him. He wants to come here to Australia and um, be a part of this new, uh, not new, but but a scene that maybe is about to explode. He wants to be on the forefront of that. I know. That's the crazy thing on this, too. What? Freaking Osprey is only like 25. 25 it's true. 26. Absolutely. And he already, he's already like, feels like he's done all he can in one region of the, the earth. Yeah, well, I guess it's the time he came on, right? I mean, no, he was a big part of the boom of that scene, and now that it's moved to a new stage in its lifespan, and yeah. he feels like he doesn't, it's it's not necessarily somewhere he wants to be anymore. Yeah, I mean, he spends a few years in Australia, that's not a bad thing. He's still mm-hmm. gonna be with New Japan, it's gonna be shorter flight travel. But that was a really good promo that he cut. It solidifies him actually, if he wants to be big in the Australian scene or give strength to it, then. He said that he also made a mention about the trainers that were there, and maybe that was a thing that he he was keying on. There were some very good trainers that knew at, yeah. at pro wrestling. I Australia. think he was making also making noise. That he wants to work with the young talent that's coming up here because he feels like it's a there's a lot of a lot of uh, good recruits, I guess, that he me, thinks he can help uh, bring up to the, the be the next level of yeah. next group of indie stars. Well, and the thing is too. I remember I, I, I when I was younger even. Um, that extreme re- uh, backyard wrestling, but it wasn't mm-hmm. backyard. It was very high flying, technical level of wrestling. I think Australia has been known for a little bit more high flying level stuff um, that people are interested in. From mm-hmm. what maybe maybe that's it, and maybe Osprey really fits the niche. I mean, like the guy who was holding the that belt. guy was do- yeah. Uh, Robbie Eagles was doing some pretty crazy moves. He did like a cannonball tope, which I hadn't yeah. seen before, which is pretty impressive. He launched himself really far too. Yeah, um, I could just see that, like maybe that's the style, and Osprey fits in as a really good mentor for a lot of them there. And like, here's the other thing: like, you're 25 years old, you're not really tied down. You don't have a house, you don't have kids. Yeah. I mean, his girlfriend, but his girlfriend's family is from there. That's what I say. Uh, actually, that's one thing that was I was thinking about. Like, if yeah. his girlfriend's family, it might be something to do with Australia and his girlfriend yeah. living there. That and he must like, move there. Well, his girlfriend's she is she grew up in Australia, but she's from the UK and she lived in the UK for a long time. But anyway, yeah. it's like you could just like you're just gonna oh I'm gonna move to Australia and live there for three years because I have, I know I have good work there and like it's you know it's like why wouldn't you like that's the nice place to live. It's a cool, get a youth- especially if you're doing it for a few years, right? It's like oh I'm 25, I can spend a few years living in Australia because I feel like it. Oh, wait, maybe you won't be able to. There's a, actually a scheme in the visa stuff. It's called the youth mobility visas, and there's a few different, there's a, quite a bit of countries that do them. Yeah. That's what, um, and the funny thing is, I don't think you can actually get into somewhere through professional, like, sports. Mm. So wrestling, I don't think, could work. But technically, you can get off the, on, in on these things for, like, two years at a time. But in Australia, mm-hmm. if you want to do it for two years, you have to work a month at a farm doing farm work for them. that's not that bad no i know but the thing is if you want to stay for two years you yeah. have to do a, a, a month of farm work it's hilarious i think will they can force handle that. he's very strong yeah but i just always find it funny like it is but, weird yeah it's it's it comes from a very i feel like old school christian mentality you know that's about like uh i don't think know, it's old like, school christian it's like well, I, think it's, it's yeah, like, I think it is like, like you know, it's like, listen, if you want to have good things, you have to suffer. That's how life works. I, I was thinking more that Australia is really bad with taking in immigrants and if they can get people from the Commonwealth to do some farm labor for them for a month at a time because so many people want to go there and stay there and do their two years abroad in Australia. They don't mind doing a month of um, 
basically unpaid labor. Hmm. Then they um, and well, they have lots of farmland there. Usually they pay room and board, right? Yeah, I'm guessing yeah. that's what gets paid for. But anyways, I don't think he's going to get that. I think he's going to get an actual visa, but um, we don't know that. That's his personal stuff. But I yeah. think uh, so. When it comes really to the Australian scene, um, there are a couple members of it. Jonah Rock and another gentleman whose name I forget, who are uh, going to be doing or have done at this point Bola this year. Uh, it's yeah. passed already. And uh, anyone wants to watch it, can see it in six months because yeah. that's how long it takes for them to fucking publish DVDs and ship them out. Yeah. PWG, living in 2005. Yeah. Christ. But <laughs> that's what makes them who they are, though. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't know. I think they can still be PWG if they like had a live stream of their shows. I don't think that would hurt them. Like, I think. No. I, I, I think their shows would still be desirable enough because there's only 300 fucking seats for these mega shows they do. Like they're always in the same tiny ass venue. Like that's true. They could still charge their charge a bazillion dollars for tickets and sell them out in 30 seconds. Even though I know that's I guess that's why they're afraid of making their shows more easy to get them to get their hands on. <laughs> that's true. Oh well, whatever. Whatever. I just want to yeah, see fucking Walter. God damn it. <laughs> oh, and Dave went the full five on Keith Lever's Donovan Dijak. So that's oh really? Exciting, yeah. Yo, know, that was like the match of the indies this year, but yeah, I've no. seen, I saw the ver- well, we both, I think, did you see the one from WrestleMania weekend? They wrestled in Evolve, I think. I don't know if we watched it or not. I think we did, but I, I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, they've done that match like 10 or 15 or more times this year, but uh, the PWG one apparently was especially good. Although, who knows if Big Dave had seen them wrestle each other before or not. It's Big Dave, you know, he, he's got a lot of shit in his plate. He can't be watching like Evolve and Beyond and AAW, you know? Yeah, he doesn't have time to watch to watch Dragon Gate. For I guess he actually has to care about watching WWE. It it is what makes the bulk of his money, you know. Yeah, like, like knowing that kind of shit. Yeah, man, he. I don't know if you know this, but he talks about fucking just an hour long podcast on WWE like every fucking day of the week, and then writes a gigantic, bazillion word newsletter about it every week. I know. I I can't imagine what it's like to be. His situation. I can't even watch Raw, let alone watch it and then do an hour podcast on it every week. Oh, yeah. I know lots of people that do that. I know. Yeah, do you remember when the original idea for this show? We were going to talk about Raw and SmackDown and pay-per-views and Lucha Underground every week in yeah, New Japan? Insane. That would have been pretty buck. You were watch- you were watching a lot of wrestling at the time, so... It was, and I'm watching a lot of wrestling now. Yeah, but like, right. I would Watching much rather more. like watch three hours. If I was gonna sit down and watch wrestling for three hours, I'd much rather watch three hours of the best selected indie and Japanese matches than yeah. three hours of Vince McMahon smashing action figures together. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, well, this has been us catching up. Uh, do you have any final words to say in your beer? I think we must post finish it now. I'm very like three quarters of the way through. It's a Fucking twelve percent imperial. It is. Imperial Take your time. State. <laughs> Don't hurt yourself. How's, well, Evil Twin Brewing. Uh, it's much more readily available over here um, than back home. I'm not saying like you can go to the grocery store and find it, but there's a lot of great brewery stores around Edinburgh. Maybe we'll even get some people listening in Edinburgh. Probably not, but you never know. Um, well, if you spread the word, maybe there's, there's some really flyers. good. Yeah, it's true. There's some really good um, uh, little beer stores here. Uh, there's one place that's a um, a bar and bottle shop called uh, Horse and uh, Salt Horse. Yeah, yeah, Salt Horse. Um, I think that's what his name is. Um, have an amazing bottle selection, can selection, and they have really good tap selection. There's another place called The Hanging Bat, which is really good. And then Andrew Usher's and Co. I think is another one, which is really good. But um, Evil Twin Brewing, a few of their stuff I've had is really good. Um, if you find it, get a hold of it. It's tasty. How was your beer? It was delicious. I'm just about finished it now. I think I would get another one. Honestly, I may. Although this may have been very expensive, I don't remember. But it's it's definitely it worth a try. Be. It's I from would, Toronto. It's I would, from I would, Toronto. Well, it's it's small batch though. Usually you charge a bit more for. Yeah, but they put it in the LCBO. That's true. Anyway, I um, I guess yeah. How small can the batch be if you have to supply yeah. it to LCBOs all around, especially in Ottawa, right? It's yeah, if it's all the way in, it's all the way in Ottawa. Yeah, that's, that's a bit uh, of a it's a bit of a trek. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I highly recommend anyone try the Yuzu Pale Ale from uh, sorry, forgetting your name, Radical, Radical Roads. Roads Brewing Company. Yeah. Fuel for a revolution is their catchphrase. <laughs> uh, that is pretty radical, boys. Oh yeah. Uh, 
Let's see what goes for. Yeah. Let's see what goes on going forward in wrestling, and let's hope this podcast worked out well for the recording wise today. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have a little bit of fun editing this, I'm sure, but that's okay. Guess that's all we have to say for tonight. I know yeah. there is a C4 show coming up, and I believe there's also a Coastmont, uh, a Brew Donkey tour sponsored with it. Tickets may or may not still be available. I would check the Brew Donkey website if you want to go see that. Yeah. Uh, it's just like the last one we plugged. This is going to be the season beginning um, for C4, the new first episode of the new season. Colt Cabana is going to be there taking on Bucks Belmar. There's another very exciting match that was just announced very recently, yeah. uh, which is a uh, Josh Alexander versus Joey Janela. It's exciting, uh, yeah. A match I'm very excited to see. I, barring mm-hmm. strange circumstances, I will be there. I'll be on the Brew Donkey tour, hopefully, and I will be uh, talking about wrestling on the bus at the show. Hopefully, we'll be doing an episode on the history of C4 sometime in the next couple weeks. Um, it's the it the show is on the 30th of September, which is presumably the Saturday. So. Um, be there, be, be square, I guess. Uh, yeah. Josh Alexander versus Joe and Joe should be a great match. Um, I highly recommend it. What else we got on here? Any other big matches? Oh, yes. Uh, champion versus champion. One fall to a finish. No DQ or count-up match. The C4 championship on the line. Matthew St-Jacques takes on the C4 underground champion. Diamond Tiger, Kobe Durst. Oh, wow. Hope to see you all there. Yeah, it should be, should be a good one. Um, well, as you have a grudge match, Tyson Ducks and Evil Uno versus Thomas Dubois and Stu Grayson. Damn, that sounds like a good time. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's all I've got to say. Any closing remarks? No, I'm good. I think Alrighty. said everything. Okay. Well, we hope to talk to you all soon. Yeah. Peace out, y'all. Peace out.